Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Uh, welcome in, everybody. It's the Huddle Up Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Podcasts, and replete with vague movie references. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my partner in crime, Zach Kelberman. Zach, it was kind of cool to see Russell Wilson, for lack of a better term, kind of take command of the Broncos out on the grass today. I know he's been in the building basically since March 16th, since he could legally be there. But seeing him come out of the UC Health Training Center tunnel and in full Broncos regalia, helmet, jersey, pants. Of course, no pads right now. It's voluntary OTAs. But I don't know, dude. I could I could be real, I guess. Goosebumps, dude. I was feeling it. I'm feeling the a changing of the guard. I'm stoked, dude. I'll, I'll show everybody in case they missed it. But what was your reaction to, to that and some of what Hackett and Russ had to say today? It feels different. Every time we see Russell Wilson on a different occasion marking the first first Denver appearance, first Broncos thrown pass, first Broncos practice, it just feels different this year. They now have a franchise quarterback. We've wandered the desert. We've swam the oceans. We've endured more than a half decade of futility. In order to get that right there, as you see Russell Wilson walking dramatically and defiantly onto the field after being traded to the Broncos, it just feels different this year. There's a different vibe in the building. Everyone talks about it. Nathaniel Hackett's coaching today with Russell Wilson. A sight to behold. When you think about not that long ago, a calendar year ago, less than, the Broncos were led by Vic Fangio, Pat Shermer, and Teddy Bridgewater slash Drew Locke. Now it went from that no offensive coaching or lack thereof, no specialty with developing quarterbacks, no expertise there. And now you have one of the most energetic, young, up-and-coming assistants leading the Broncos with a nine-time Pro Bowler, future or former and maybe future Super Bowl champion in Russell Wilson. It just feels different, man. This is the Broncos' year. To just look at that intensity on this man's face. We're, are we fanboying out a little bit? I guess we are. But still, how cool is it to see a guy like this just like zoned in, leading the charge, Taking command. It's real, gang. It's real. Today only further helped to reinforce uh, that this is a tangible thing. Russell Wilson, and you know, hearing is your quarterback, and hearing him talk today, Zach. I think he is still, in many ways, processing that he's in a new locale after a decade of playing in Seattle. And as much as he's loving his new experience, and he said today, Zach, that it feels right being here and all that. You know, he's still processing that, and you could tell, but, dude, this guy is locked in. He's loaded. He's committed. I mean, he's talking about getting up at 5.15 in the morning, so I don't sleep much, getting up at 5.15 in the morning to get to the building. I mean, he's beating the Hackett's of the world. He's beating the Peytons of the world. I doubt there are too many people in that building besides the uh, 
you know, janitorial staff, whatever required to physically unlock and open the building before Russ. This is one of the things you love about Russell Wilson. There's not much to hate about him. He's a winner. He stays out of trouble. He's dedicated so fully and passionate about football. He's a true leader on and off the field. He's a true franchise quarterback. And you talked about fangirling or cheerleading. I don't really care about that. You know why? Because you and I both and all of Broncos country suffered through the Paxton Lynch's and the Joe Flacco's and the Case Keenum's and the Bridgewater's and the Locks to get to this point. And seeing Russell Wilson on the field, seeing the energy back in the building with what could be a top five offense, let's say in the NFL, I'll get goosebumps every single day, every single time until training camp, and then some. Speaking of goosebumps, we got Sam Bam in the house throwing down a very generous super chat. Really appreciate that, my friend. And as happy as we are to be covering a team led by a more than competent quarterback, we are even that much more psyched for what has been a long-suffering Broncos fan base like you, Sam Bam. Uh, He says, evening, Chad and Zach and Broncos country. I just want to say how nice it is going into the draft for the first time in a long time, not having to stress about a quarterback potentially being taken or not taken. Uh, Glad we got Russ. Go Broncos. Zach, one of my favorite quotes uttered this offseason from a Broncos press podium was something that Hackett or pardon me, uh, Peyton said on Friday. Let me just read this. Um, Well, since since we're doing. uh, since we're live, I might as well set this up for scratch and sniff. You guys can follow right along with me like uh, like we're in school. But this quote right here about, hey, what's it like not having to scout quarterbacks this time around, like seriously in terms of, hey, we're looking at taking one early. And is it being how much you love picks, how big of a bummer was it, George, that you don't have a first quote? It's a blessing. We love having first-round picks. We love having the early second, but we also love having a franchise quarterback that sets the tone every day in the building. I come in here, and he's working. There is a reason he's great. It's because of the work he puts into it. All the players and the entire organization is watching. There is no pain in that. On that first day, talking about the draft, we'll watch Russell Wilson highlights, close quote. So that's how they're going to console themselves, Zach is. Hey, no first round pick. That's cool. Hey, let's turn on and watch Russ Super Bowl uh, 48. Why not? You can see the gif on Twitter where it's the guy wiping his tears, his fake tears with $100 bills. That's George Payton. And everyone's acting like, again, when you do these mock drafts and peruse these mock drafts, you have to keep in mind the Broncos did have a first round pick and they used it on Russell Wilson. They could not have used that any better. Just having a legitimate guy in the building and make the Broncos legitimate again, make them relevant again. It's so exciting, and I love the process. After bearing through the quarterback rumors and whether they're going to take one in the draft, sign one, trade for one, and not only that, the annual quarterback competition in training camp, Team Paxton versus Team Simeon going back to 2016 and 2017 and onward. We don't have to worry about that anymore. The most we have to worry about is whether Brett Rippon stays as the backup or Josh Johnson, whoever they draft. But they have an entrenched guy atop the depth chart, and that entrenched guy is Russell Wilson. How freaking cool is that? Very cool. Let me tell you something. Very cool. Uh, Dave, real quick, I just want to throw a quick message to Dylan, uh, our chat moderator on YouTube. My dog, check your email. Check your email. Holler back at your boy. Dave up in Canada, north of the 49th parallel, proving the Broncos country is, in fact, not a geographic location. It's a state of being. It's wherever you are. And Dave is in Canada saying hi, Chad and Zach and Scott and all in the chat. I mean, he's he's not missing anybody here. Been away, so I missed you guys. Agree with Sam Bam. I'm confident with the new coaches and Russell going in. Couldn't be more excited and positive. Cheers, 
uh, Dave in British Columbia. Awesome, Dave. Really appreciate that, bro. It's a new new morning in uh, Broncos country. What what more can be said? Phil McLaughlin, what's good, bro? Love you. New morning, new noon, and new night. It's a new day, a new chapter. It's a new odyssey in Bronco land. We can get into some of the deets. Rodney Garcia, you the man. Appreciate the stars, my friend. We'll do an update on that. By the way, I have a... Let me grab this. Hang tight. I have here in my possession a veritable grab bag of... Whoop, pardon me. Long live DT, baby. Okay. We are way behind the eight ball on Facebook. So Zach and I have been thinking about sweetening that pot. Stay tuned. Kenny, what's good, bro? Uh, appreciate the super. How you been? He says, will Javante Williams be Wilson's next Marshawn Lynch? That's a really good question. You know, Marshawn, when uh, he crossed paths with Russell Wilson, he had come from being a relatively high round pick of the Buffalo Bills. I want to say he had one really solid season for the Bills before he got traded to Seattle, but it wasn't until those two kind of joined forces that Marshawn Lynch, not to really credit Russ all that much for Marshawn Lynch's uh, dynamic, prolific career, but that's when things kind of came together for Marshawn and the rest is history. So Zach, could that be what's in store for one Pookie Williams? Was it Marshawn Lynch with McGahee or Travis Henry? I can't remember the comment. Uh, I want to say, well, let's see. Handsome. It was hold on, dude. I think it was McGahee because McGahee came to Denver 2011, uh, two years, 11 and 12. So the first year, John Fox, and then the one year that the first year Peyton was here. So I'm trying to remember now. I got to Google it to see when Marshawn was, was drafted. I'm pull it up. Regardless, Buffalo's had some dope ass running backs the last decade or so. But anyway, I digress on that. He can be. I mean, everything he showed last year is that he is like a baby Marshawn Lynch. Everyone recognized that from the moment that he laid out the first incoming defender. It takes three guys to tackle him, and even then he might break it. All he has to do, Javante, is prove he can be Marshawn Lynch, is hold up through a full regular season, hopefully as the Broncos bell cow, the Broncos RB1, show he can be what we all think he is, a perennial future uh, thousand-yard guy, pro bowler. It's up to Javante. The ceiling is super high, but he has to make that happen. Uh, he has to prove it for himself. And to Lynch's credit, he was really good and underrated as a pass catcher, whereas Javante has a little room to grow in that department if they use him and give him those opportunities. But yeah, the, the, the comp is there and the ceiling is there for him to accomplish it. It's on Javante to go out there and prove that. By the way, it was McGahee. So Henry, his last year for the Bills was 04, and McGahee was there for a couple of the years. Marshawn was in Buffalo. Lawrence Rivera, what's going on, brother? Good to see you. Thank you for the stars. He says... Uh, he's loving Jerry Judy talking about Russ. We can't get rid of him. He needs to be paid to keep Russ happy as well. And Lawrence says, if my Wilson jersey doesn't have a mattress firm sticker on it, send it back. I know. Did you notice that too, Zach? The new uh, sponsor, mattress firm on uh, on the jerseys today. Very, very cool. But uh, yeah, Lawrence, I, I feel you, my dog. And I've had mattresses long enough to know not to rip off the tag of mattress firm. So I will oblige by the mattress gods. Um, I'm trying to find where he talks about, I'll do it during the next little lull here, but when Russ talks about his, uh, the prospect of a new contract and long-term security, 
you know, it's like my father told me, shout out Mark Jensen, that many a truths are said in jest. So a lot of times people, you know, they think that if they say things with a little bit of levity to it or like a punchline at the end, that uh, you will assume 100% that they're just joking. But more often than not, there is some element of truth in what is said. And even though Russ kind of joked a little bit today about security and long term, and I'd like to finish my career, hopefully, and things like that, you could tell. Yeah, dude, that's something on his mind, but it's not something, Zach, that he's tripping on. It's not something that is consuming him as he gets the ball rolling on this new era in Denver. But obviously, you know, it's a question on his mind now that he's a fish out of water in terms of finding himself in new environs. And, you know, if I was George Payton, as soon as I get this NFL draft in the books, I'm taking a look. I'm sitting down with the the new cap czar. Uh, what's it? Rich, Rich Hurtado, right? And I'm coming up with some way to make Russ feel the love. I want to really sustain the warm and fuzzies for Russ as long as I possibly can. Yeah, well, from a psychological human perspective, it's you're thinking 10 years down the road in retirement and finishing his career. Did he really think a year ago he'd be sitting in Denver right now in Dove Valley throwing balls to Cortland Sutton? It's tough to project where you're going to be on a weekly basis, let alone a, a decade-long basis. So that's why I think there's apprehension in that answer. But he has a lot to prove himself in the short term as well. It's great to say, I want to play into my 40s. I want to win more Super Bowls. It's all the material the fans and media want to hear. But in terms of 2022, coming back from a career-worst season last year in Seattle, uh, an injury-marred season, he has to prove he's back to that elite level he was pre-injury. That's a lot. In a new city, in a new conference, a new division, new teammates, new opponents, It's it's... I think he's going to accomplish all of it. I think you're going to see pre-injury Russell Wilson, but there's a lot of skeptics out there for a reason who believe he won't hold up past a few years, let alone 10 years from now. Dave McKillrath, what's going on? By the way, I'm curious. Just in the chat, give me one. for the, Just type one or two. Is it Dave McKillrath or Dave McElrath? Because I actually know two different people with the exact same last name spelled exactly the same, but they pronounce it differently. I'm curious. So is it one? Or is it to my dog? He says, I am so freaking excited. Broncos country. And did you see the trademark way Russ closed his presser? Oh, I'm done. Okay. You know, uh, Patrick Smythe's saying I'm done. Okay, cool. Let's ride. And he just walks off. You know, that's his thing. That's his thing. And I like it. He's staying on point. The messaging here, Zach, is strong. The force is strong with this one. I appreciate uh, you uh, giving some shine to David. When you hopped out of the podcast last week due to technical difficulties, I pulled up one of those questions. And for whatever reason, McElrath, if, if that's how you pronounce it, melted my brain. I literally malfunctioned for a few seconds. So he goes by David now. And we're very appreciative of you, David. If you can clarify once and for all what your last name is, it would do us both some good. But we appreciate your uh, contribution. Most definitely. Uh, Zach, while we're on uh, the subject of news and whatnot, and by the way, guys, hope you enjoyed the War Room mock draft last night. I apologize. It's my fault that we didn't maybe promote that a little bit more ahead of time. The uh, stars aligning for exactly the right day that we were going to do it uh, this year kind of came at the 11th hour, but it sure was a lot of fun. And just so you know, like as you, as you look at the uh, final class as we mocked it yesterday, um, before we went live, we adjusted the settings in the Pro Football Focus mock draft engine to basically create the most realistic possible simulation. And so you're not seeing some of the, you know, 26th ranked guy on the board or 34th guy ranked 
sitting there at 64 as you might in some of the others, depending on how you set up the setting. So when we got to 64 and it kind of felt like pickings were slim and even though it wasn't right, I mean, you're 64, we call it a premium round pick Zach, but as, as Scott has uh, said this morning on Broncos for breakfast, let's not pretend 64 is early in the draft. So you're talking about 63 picks having been made by the time we went on the board, but you know what, dude, I don't love every pick we made as a collective yesterday, but the first few, man, I would be stoked on that as a class. Troy Anderson, um, to get things kicked off, I had a good time. Yeah, I mean, a lot. we got some uh, criticism, and some of it deserved about the shape and the scope of the mock draft. I think we filled most of the needs the Broncos had going into the draft. And Anderson at 64, we were pigeonholed into that pick pretty much because of the way the board fell. And if you want to talk about the credibility of that simulation or that board, again, at 63, it had the Cincinnati Bengals taking Matt Corral at quarterback. So it was a weird, wonky way the board fell. But look at the picks, though. You're talking about Anderson and Winfrey, and to an extent, Marcus Jones, one, two, three. Those are three big selections for the Broncos defense. And then Braxton Jones, great value, I thought, to show up right tackle. And the rest are dart throws at positions of not a super need, like tight end like halfback. If they work out great, if not, they're fourth and fifth round investments. So in the way George Payton likes to think and the way we were presented these options, I thought it was pretty good. I'd say B plus. Yeah. I mean, Perry on Winfrey, there was half the room wanted him at uh, pick 64. He ended up being there 11 selections later, Marcus Jones, the Jones bros going back to back round three, round four, Otten, the blocking tight end. Uh, Pierre strong is the one that just on the surface, I probably have the most regret on just where we were there in round five. And then these last guys, hey, I'm stoked. So really, you know, honestly, I would be very stoked on this without changing anything. But if I could change something, it would probably be the Pierre Strong pick there in round five. But anyway, guys, it was a lot of fun. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, the content, the, the debate, the discussion. And one of the purposes of the war room like that is sure, does it entertain us? Do we have a lot of fun playing make-believe? Sure, but it's really to get our, all of our draft experts in a room and let you guys hear them discussing these prospects because we believe, I mean, if it helps for us, for guys like Zach and I to get to know the class and understand the strengths and weaknesses and the fits for some of these different prospects, we can only assume it does the same for you. Uh, Phil McLaughlin loved the mock last night. It was great seeing all the priests giving their input to each player Go Broncos. Great to hear. We lo- we appreciate the feedback, Phil. Something really worth do. noting, too, is that we couldn't trade down. And like m- many of us agreed at that spot, the way the board fell at 64, in real life, George Payton would probably trade down in the second, collect more draft picks to use at a later date. We didn't have that option. So when you take trades out of it, it makes the draft that much harder. And you can maybe criticize here or there whether Anderson was the right guy, but I feel like at that spot, take the shot. Speaking of the draft... Jeff Legwald, ESPN Denver, former president of the Pro Football Writers of America. He's saying for the Broncos, and this should come as no surprise, Luke Patterson had the article for us today, though. We're just passing on the information that edge rusher, pass rusher, is near the top of Denver's to-do list in the draft. So, you know, that's what we waited in our mock, Zach, till uh, whatever was round six, I think, to take an edge rusher. But it was really based on the value, the way the board was falling. Every pick up until that point, we looked at edge. We were looking. We were there. But it just, the value didn't quite line up until we ended up taking Gunter there. 
But uh, your thoughts on edge rusher early, top of the to-do list? Well, we took Winfrey in the third round. I mean, he's he's an I know he's not an outside linebacker, but he's an edge rusher. He can help in that department. And I don't know how many more you really need at that spot. I think, I, I think he's more of a tackle. I mean, he can pass rush. That's what he I'm saying. Pass. Just just in general, pass rush. I mean, right. you got Gunter to add to the lot when you're already moving Baron Browning to the edge. You have Cooper. You have Malik Reed. You paid Randy Gregory $70 million, and you, you're paying Chubb $14 million. How many pass rushers can get on the field at the same time? I understand the need for insurance and depth and injuries, but I think when you add those two players into what they already have, uh, you can criticize it, but to actually give it an F or a D, I think it's a little short-sighted. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's one of those things where, look, they put their eggs in the basket. Now we got to carry it, you know, from the barn back to the farmhouse, right? And hope that the eggs don't break. You spent the money on Gregory. You picked up the option on Chubb. But you do got to hedge a little bit. I mean, Malik Reed is a nice little fail safe. I mean, but in a perfect world for me, Malik Reed and Jonathan Cooper are like tier two fail safes. If that's even, you know, some, a thing. I'd want one more guy with some juice and then i'd feel a lot better andrew baker what's good bro uh he says did y'all see the russell wilson play video handing off to hackett uh oh meatball early special vic would have torn his acl <laughs> yeah no doubt about it you could tell they're having fun out there dude like hackett is connecting with the dudes he's running around like a bee pollinating flowers and whatnot i mean he's hitting every little group uh it's cool to see the energy and i i hate using the word juice zach only because it drears up, uh, drags up the the Vance Joseph era because that was a favorite word that he liked to use from a talking points perspective. But Hackett's bringing some juice. What can you say? He's already gotten a nickname too. I don't know how I feel about it, but I'll give it to you guys. White Lightning. <laughs> That's Nathaniel Hackett. That's what he's going by right now. Uh, so we have to love it. We have to embrace it. Yeah, I'll see if I can pull up the video for you guys. Um, it's It's there. Uh, I'll see if I can find it, but, uh, the Duchess what's going on. Yes. Yes. Let's pull this up guys. She's saying, uh, bringing up how Philip Lindsay says he would love to come back here. Yes, indeed. And Michaela, seriously, thank you so much, my friend. We'll, we'll do an update here in just a minute on the super chat, um, competition for this month, as well as just where things stand on Facebook GLP. I thought it was a great mock. I don't know if top three will be there for real, but I would be happy Good to hear, my friend. We do appreciate the feedback. Um, and then Sam Bam, check this out real quick. Here's what Philip said. And then Sam Bam, just hang tight for a second. This is the direct quote courtesy of Sean Keeler of the Denver Post. So, you know, he's from, everyone knows, he's the Colorado kid. He's from Denver. Season ended with the Dolphins. He's now a free agent. So he's back home. And he was participating at a football showcase at Folsom Field in Boulder and was asked by Sean Keeler about the prospect of not just coming home to, to Denver, but rejoining the Broncos quote, Hey man, I would be excited to be back home. Uh, I mean, it's up, it's up the street. My family wouldn't have to move anywhere. I'd love it. I love Broncos country. I love the fans. They're some of the best fans I've seen. And, uh, and then here's uh Lindsay as well. Quote, honestly, for me, it's about finding the right opportunity. Cause he is still a free agent finding the right fit for me. So I'm taking my time more than not being in a rush to go to some OTAs right now. Honestly, I want to be on a team where they're going to be able to utilize me the right way. So that's what I'm looking for right now, close quote. So, Zach, before we grab Sam's talk uh, or question here and talk about special teams, what's the best way to utilize Philip Lindsay? And is that even a prospect 
that you would want to countenance him coming back to Denver? And is it even in the realm of the feasible? Should fans even pin any of their hopes on it? No, I mean, it's good on Philip Lindsay for putting the release behind him and, and you know, uh, burying that hatchet. I don't think the Broncos necessarily have. I don't think it's personal, but if they wanted Philip Lindsay back, Philip Lindsay would already be back in the Broncos uniform. What he said was kind of illuminating in terms of where he stands right now. He said, right now, I'm a house husband. In that interview, he said that. I'm, that's why I'm staying home. I'm a family man right now. So as a free agent, it's in his best business to appeal to 32 teams and not hold grudges. He's looking for a job right now. So what else is he going to say about the Broncos? His hometown team, I'm sure he'd love to come back. He'd love to be with any team right now. But I think it's a uh, a, a bridge that uh, was burned for a reason. They moved on for a reason. He's an ex for a reason. And I think they'll replace him in the draft. I wish Philip well, though. There's a yeah. utility for Philip Lindsay in the NFL as a gadget player, as an explosive player. He hasn't found that right landing spot. It's tough going from Denver and where he was utilized or lack thereof, and then to Houston and then to Miami. He never really found his groove. I hope he finds it sometime soon. As Lawrence says here, he was the heart of our offense, turned the Chargers game around a few years back. He he's like the he's like the reverse. He's dealing with the downside of confirmation bias. When he was breaking out back-to-back 1,000-yard rushing seasons for the first time ever for an undrafted rookie to do that in their first two seasons of the NFL. It was the first time it ever happened. Everyone was going, yeah, forget about the undrafted thing. Then he gets hurt in his third year, and then when he bounces out of Denver and he gets stuck on a depth chart in Houston where you've got basically two Melvin Gordon types to, to try and get touches with that have more money tied up in them, more of a vested interest of the team to get them on the field and Mark Ingram and uh, David Johnson – he just got lost in the shuffle. I still believe Philip Lindsay can offer more to an NFL team, including the Broncos, besides Gadget. I think Gadget is his floor. Like, hey, you need a Gadget guy? Philip can do that, no doubt. But I still think, you know, I've kind of come off the, the the thought, Zach, we used to talk about this. Hey, Philip can be a bell cow. By that, I mean in the modern sense of a bell cow. He's a guy that can tote the rock 15 times for you um, week in and week out. Maybe not quite that, but he's a guy that you can give eight to 10 touches and watch him create magic. And then we'll grab Sam. Bam. I agree. He was definitely that. And he proved it. I mean, he pro bowler back to back thousand yard rusher. I mean, in what name, another player that ran for a thousand yards back to back seasons. And then is on the scrap heap. Didn't find a job or a role for himself in the NFL. It's a really weird tale. Yeah. Like within a three year window, he's got that on his resume and no one's sniffing. I mean, and the tape is right there. I mean, you could talk about his his pass catching woes or him his size and his stature, but what he can do with the ball in his hands should appeal to more teams, and it just it hasn't. It, it's shocking. Sam Bam, thank you for that second super chat. Very generous, my friend. He says, educate me some on special teams. I've never known enough about it. What were the weaknesses under McMahon, the former special teams coordinator, Tom McMahon, and what do you think uh, Dwayne Stukes will do or bring to the table to improve them? Everything. Well, real. The biggest thing is, from a specialist perspective, you know, the coaches, by the time, unless they're developing a young draft pick, which he didn't have to do. When McMahon got to Denver, he had an established place kicker in Brandon McManus and then an established, after he kind of failed with Wadman, uh, an established punter in Sam Martin. And then, you know, long snapper, can you do it? It's a singular job. Oh, Bobin uh, Moyer can do it. Go ahead and say goodbye to Casey Kreider. The macro issues with McMahon as a special teams coordinator, let's be honest, it was coverage mostly. It was coverage, focus, attention to detail. Now, Zach, every NFL team under the sun all have to deal with the fact that the guys playing specials 
are the guys on the bottom of the roster. That's just the way it is by and large. All right. Uh, but what separates the good from the bad special teams unit with those bottom of the roster guys is the coaching, helping to keep guys focused, helping to keep things stitched together. Too many broken assignments on punt and kick return coverage. That was honestly in the snafus and key critical moments. That was my biggest beef with Tom McMahon and then just zero accountability. It was never anything changing until finally Fangio got the boot, but I can't believe that guy survived two regimes. Uh, they also never did anything as a return team. I think they ranked dead last in punt return average last year, 32nd overall. I mean, yep. there were so many warts to McMahon's side of the ball. If it wasn't for McManus drilling most of his opportunities and reverting back to McMoney for the most part, I would happen to think McMahon would have been fired a while ago. But then I think to myself, he was a pet of Vic Fangio. And no matter what McMahon did, no matter what the special teams did, Vic Fangio was that incompetent. So he not only supported, kept that around he harbored that and encouraged that I think you're going to see accountability return to the Broncos special teams by accountability I don't mean the coordinator going up there and saying it was my fault it falls on me I don't want to talk about it I want to be about it go out there and make the um, improvements and the adjustments stop getting up there each and every week and basically say I'm failing at my job I can't do my job correctly Dwayne Stukes is a hard-nosed kind of guy yep. I think Broncos personnel is going to improve overall, something George Payton talked about last Friday, and it's going to benefit the special teams. They can't get much worse. That's the thing. It's it, nowhere to go but up. Uh, Kendrick Ware jumping in with a super chat. We really appreciate that, Kendrick. You've jumped in a couple of times over the last week or so, and we love seeing it. We really do appreciate the support, my friend. He says, what's up, my guys? Zach, that, that, that hat. Zach, that hat is dope, my man. Super excited for the upcoming draft. And man, did you see Russ in the team uniform today? Press conference, hopefully finish my career here. Pinch me, MHH. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's just, it's cool, man. It's cool to finally be in a situation where Broncos don't have to worry about quarterback anymore. And when you don't have to worry about quarterback, Zach, that's where everything else can really lift off and come together. And it's going to be really exciting to see how it all takes shape. If there was one good thing Melvin Gordon did in a Broncos uniform, it was encourage me to get this hat because I, I think it's the dopest Broncos logo. I would not mind the Broncos using that logo more. But yeah, like I said, the energy is different now. And it seems like everything Russell Wilson says fans are going crazy over. The, the, the attention he gets when he goes to Nuggets games, for example, the crowd just explodes. And it's just so nice having that heartbeat back in the Mile High City, that excitement back, that energy back. It's going to translate on the gridiron this fall and it's going to lead to I believe many victories. Can't wait. From your lips to God's ears. Um, guys, quick update here on the Facebook contest. As you know, we're trying to reach 250,000 stars in the month of April. When we do, we're going to raffle off a Broncos jersey of the winners choosing. Um, the only people in the running for that raffle, as you probably know by now, are those who contribute to the goal. So the, the old uh, requirements for winning are still in effect for that jersey of your choice. But as I showed you with the Demarius Thomas jerseys that I finally got in, I mean, seriously, guys, when he passed, do you remember what month it was? Was it December that he passed or was I, it January? I believe it was December. Yeah, because he's a he's also a Christmas baby. Like he was a December baby, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, from that point until they just arrived over the weekend, I had literally been scouring the Internet trying to find a Demarius Thomas source. Everything was sold out, everything from the time of his unfortunate and tragic passing, but now I've got him. All right. So here's how it's going to work. If, uh, 
on the Facebook contest, and we'll do something similar for YouTube, but on the Facebook contest, still Broncos jersey of the winners choosing at the at the bottom, no matter what. But if you end up cumulatively in the top three, so number two, number three, cumulative, most stars contributing to the goal in the month of April, Demarius Thomas jersey. Demarius Thomas jersey. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, but thank you guys. The stars, hey, it's just another way to support what we're doing. Helps keep the lights on in terms of what we're doing with our live stream podcast and video uh, content platform. So we really do appreciate you guys. And now time to clown on the Las Vegas Raiders, Chad. Did you see the latest rumor making no. the rounds on Twitter? No. Uh, apparently the Raiders are engaged in trade talks to trade Darren Waller to the Green Bay Packers, which please let that happen. Please be that stupid Josh McDaniels. Please never change. I mean, I understand one thing that could be perhaps motivating this, and that is Waller gave much credit to John Gruden for helping him mature and kind of pulling him out of the pit of drug addiction and helping him to re-kind of set his, not only his moral compass, but like belief in himself that, because he had kind of squandered his his talent and ability and his op, his opportunities in the league. And it was Gruden who kind of helped get him back on track and made him believe again in his own talent, made him believe he could make it in the league and all that. And now Gruden's gone. So maybe they're worried. I mean, Zach, I was watching my wife and I, we've been binge watching uh, different like, you know, true crime documentaries and whatever on Netflix and, you know, Peacock and streaming services. And so she hadn't seen the Aaron Hernandez doc that's on oh, Netflix. I excellent. watched it when it first came out a couple years back, whenever that was, but rewatching it, I'm reminded of his scouting report, uh, a, a, par a portion of his scouting report for NFL teams, because people were going, this is a first-round guy. Why was he dropping until the fourth round? Because this was long before it was any kind of common knowledge that Aaron Hernandez was a uh, you know character concern. And as they were going through the list of intangibles, all right, and they had, I think it was, well, I don't think it specified which team um, actually said what I'm about to say, but it showed five different lists or five different categories and where they were on the grade first for social maturity. They call it Aaron Hernandez had the lowest possible grade from the scouting department from this one NFL team in terms of social maturity. Is that the case for Darren Waller? Is he socially immature, thus giving rise possibly to the concern and the worry for Josh McDaniels and company that outside of the, you know, being under the wing of John Gruden that he might, kind of transform back to the old Darren Waller. I don't know. But either way, I'm really having to stretch to even come up with something. That's a shock. I don't know about socially immature, but he's damn good at catching footballs. And he's done it a lot against the Broncos, and I want him the hell out of the AFC West, if we're being honest. I hope McDaniels is that stupid to break up what's a pretty potent offense on paper. You just paid Derek Carr an extension, and you're going to trade his safety blanket? It's so stupid. You have a core that's scary right now, not even including Josh Jacobs. You have Hunter Renfro, you have Devontae Adams, and Darren Waller. That's lethal, and a pretty good offensive line doesn't get enough credit. If that offense even just stays the same, Josh McDaniels is in, in, in for a good ride this season. Why break that up? For the sake of breaking it up, but I mean, if I'm Derek Carr, I'm going, yo, wait a minute, what now? If I'd have known about this, maybe I'd have had maybe something a little bit different to say. Come time to sit down at the negotiating table on this new contract, but yeah, hey, what are the, what's the uh, Sun Tzu? You know, the art of war. Don't interrupt your enemies when they're making mistakes. 
Hey, you do let you. Josh, let him step on his own. You know what? Have fun. Please trade him. Albert, really appreciate it, bro. Like to hear that feedback from uh, the live war room. Andrew Lampy throwing down some stars. Appreciate it, bro. Thanks for all the hard work, fellas. Really is the best place for Broncos news and fan interaction. That's really cool, man, because you can get your news anywhere. We, we understand that. There's a lot of different sources that you could be getting your Broncos news and, and insight, but we really pride ourselves on that last thing you, you put in there, the fan interaction. When we say, hey, we can't wait to talk with you all tonight when we're promoting whatever day's live stream where we're going to be going on, that's true. We're not getting on here looking forward to just talk to each other and just talk at y'all. Like if you're listening to a radio program or most vast majority of any and all podcasts, we're talking with you. So we appreciate that, buddy. It's honestly because y'all are the best fans and that's no BS there. It's true, Andrew. You and Broncos country who tunes into all of our podcasts, y'all are the best fans that we could have ever asked for. And we strive to give back to you. So thank you, Andrew. And we always appreciate it. Uh, We got a uh, robot of doom throwing down a message for everybody on Twitch. Just wanted to say hi. He says he's currently live on his channel. Hey, dude, go do your thing. If I end up, if I end while you guys are live, I'll raid you. I don't know what that means. That must be some uh, MHH for live. Appreciate that, bro. It must be some like uh, Twitch lingo that I'm just, I'm not going to know. Doesn't sound good, but we'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm a little nervous. What are you talking about here? Uh, Michael, good to see you, bro. He says, I watched the Hackett Presser today. I'm excited for the draft in the NFL season. His energy is why I'm excited that he is the head coach of the Broncos. Let's ride. Yes, sir. There's just a, there's something real fun. And Russ, the one thing he talked about today that jumped out to me when he was asked about Hackett is he said he's a great teacher. And that's something obviously Peyton said that resonated in their interviews. They had set 10 different sit downs with 10 different candidates and that jumped out. Um, I mean, he created some massive separation, did Nathaniel Hackett between the other nine candidates with how he uh, planned to coach, how he planned to teach, not just teach the players and coach the players, but coach the coaches and all that. So I think that's got to have some sort of a force multiplying effect on this team. It's just a matter of when and how fast and and whatnot. Dylan says, rate is when you send your viewers to a different stream when yours is over. Okay. Appreciate it. Welcome to you. I got to give uh, Nathaniel Hackett credit, though, Chad. After the Broncos failed with two first-time head coaches, those, those are tough acts to follow. Fan morale was at an all-time low. Media morale was at an all-time low with the Broncos. He comes in and not even training camp, and the energy and excitement is through the roof right now. I know it helps having Russell Wilson, but even before the Wilson trade, so many in Broncos country were pumped up by who Hackett was. We played the video before he was even hired. The excitement he showed over tape study of a handoff. It was more excitement in that 30-second clip than we've seen in the last two years combined. So I love it. I love what he's brought. I love what he's already done, and I can't wait to see what he will do in Denver. Uh, the Duchess jumping in to say, and thank you, number two, love you. She says, could MCD strike twice, McDaniels? Yes, please. Just don't interrupt your enemies while they're, you know, um, cutting off their own beaks to spite their own faces. Imagine two of the moves you've made in your rookie season is hiring Tom McMahon and then trading away Darren Waller. Josh McDaniels will continue doing Josh McDaniels things. Love to see it. Uh, guys, here is the, uh, for the month of, actually, let me do this. For the this month, here's the, your updated 
Stars Power Ranking, just so you can see it. Schrader, uh, Jacob, Andrew, Lawrence, Philip 5, Travis at 6, GLP 7, uh, Lampy at 8, uh, Chad Beach uh, TL at 9, and Peter Middleton. FYI, those are the Power Rankings on Facebook. And here in just a minute, I'll bring up the uh, update for Super Chat. And yes, we're going to include a Russell Wilson jersey in the raffle for the top five finishers on Super Chat in the month of April. Don't you worry. FYI. Um, Zach, there is also another little piece of news we need to grab here that you reported for us at milehighhuddle.com. And I'm not talking about the Bradley Chubb contract, which we definitely should talk about what Peyton had to say on that front. But the Broncos, as I pull this up, are uh, fixing to meet with a former Seahawks, former Jets defensive back. Um, Tell everybody, I'll pull it up so they can see the headline here, but Broncos meeting with former Jets Seahawks DB Blasson Austin. What's What's the word? Well, they're actually having a tryout during their three-day uh, minicamp, which started today, a voluntary minicamp. Austin is among the seven. I wrote the story with all of the tryouts. Former Raiders Hard Knock star Keelan Dost is among them, but so is Austin. I mean, there's a reason why he's a, a free agent right now. There's a reason why he's on the scrap heap. He does have experience. He has solid length. He crossed paths with Russell Wilson in Seattle. You could do worse, but... He wasn't on the field often, Chad. As you can see, 149 snaps on defense. When he was asked to cover, he allowed almost 12 yards a catch and an opposing passer rating of nearly 102. So mm. that's toast coverage, if I ever heard it. It seems like this is one of those guys you want to have on speed dial just in case the Broncos are looking for special teams contributors and also defensive and offensive contributors. This is a position, though, they're going to fill more than likely through the draft, maybe even a 64 overall. They're going to take a cornerback or a defensive back. If they don't, though, or if Austin wows them, he's a guy they could bring in as a camp body. Nothing really more than that. Yeah, I like his length. That's about it. Um, And I don't know a whole heck of a lot about him, but just looking at his resume up to this point, um, that's about all I can say on Blasson in the house. We're at 41, 42 minutes. We still got a little bit of time, but if you have any burning topics you want us to get to, I think right now, Zach, for a lot of fans, um, not just in Broncos country, but across the fruited plain in the NFL, are reaching that kind of draft fatigue tipping point where we've been anticipating it. We've been looking forward to it for months and months. We've been breaking it down to the nth degree. And then to complicate or exacerbate, I guess is a better way, draft fatigue. This year, we don't get the first round pick. I know we can talk about the reality that Russ is our first round pick as, you know, and all that, but it takes away from the anticipation and excitement. And so I think some fans, you tell us in the chat, guys, if this is how you're feeling, are kind of reaching that point where here we are draft week. It's Monday. The draft is in three days. It's going to be cool. Zach and I will be there. It's going to be a blast. We are still planning on meeting with you guys, but the people in uh, Las Vegas, let me just tell you something. It must be convention season or something on top of the NFL draft coming to town because they are, are slow as molasses getting back to a cap on renting a conference room at any of the casinos within, you know, spitting distance of where we're going to be. But even if that falls through in Vegas, we're going to put out a uh, lightning rod so you guys can know how to find us. We are going to plan on meeting up with people if, if they're there Friday night. Just don't have those details yet. I really hoped that we'd have it for you tonight. We don't have it, but we're going to be there. So we hope you're still excited about the draft. We are. 
but let us know if you're feeling that fatigue. You mentioned the malaise, and it certainly exists every year around this time, but from a fan's point of view, from their perspective, they've been told for months now, including by us, that this draft class is among the weakest in recent memory. So it's hard to get up for that, especially when the Broncos don't pick until 64. And even then, it's like, I think you termed it best, Chad. The Broncos' beginning was their finale with Russell Wilson. How could you really top that acquisition? No matter what the Broncos did in the draft, cannot top landing Russell Wilson. So while some of that is worn off, and people are ready for the Broncos to draft their players, put them on the field, get to training camp, and then the regular season. I'm one of them, but I can't wait to be in Vegas. I can't wait to cover a chat alongside you. We're going to bring some really awesome content to MHH. Mark Rich, talk about making an entrance with authority and capturing Talk about the, an appropriate last name. Thank you, Mark. Yes, indeed. Capturing the attention of these football priests, he says, with a very generous super chat, top rope caliber Thank you. super chat. Mark Rich saying, I just want to show my appreciation for what you guys do. Hashtag MHH. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Dude, you're a prince. Mark, we really do appreciate that, yeah. my friend. Make sure we're connected on Twitter. And I assume you have a Twitter. Hopefully you do. And those who have kind of not been too stoked on Twitter over the last, I don't know, five, six years of its censorious ways, hey, Get new hype, ownership baby. in place. Uh, you know, it's you got Elon Musk coming in, breaking news today officially for 40-some-odd, $48 billion. It's now back to being a privately owned yep. social media platform. And according to what people expect, some of the things that Musk has been saying, it's going to be a much more open and less uh, censorious forum, kind of a um, town square where people can just be what they want to be and let people's ideas dictate, I think, Zach, whether or not they have a uh, platform or not. If you have good ideas, people are going to come and follow you and listen to you and give you your uh, give you their attention. If you have bad ideas, that's going to come out on the wash in the same spirit of any kind of like, uh, you know, Darwinian type of uh, endeavor. Yeah, score a major dub for freedom of speech, a principle this country was founded on, and we're not going to wade too much in, into those waters. But, uh, Mark, you say you appreciate it, but it's because of individuals like you who just interact with us on a daily basis, support us. That's why we do what we do to give back to you. So we appreciate you. Thank you so much. William says, I only watch MHH and Perna. MHH when I'm serious, Perna when I want to laugh and entertainment. Dude, that's cool because we're cut from the same cloth. We're cut from the same cloth. Perna is a MHH alum. He was a founding staffer on MHH back in 2014 when the site started. He was with us the first two or three years. Well, all of 14, all of 15, part of 16. So um, love Brandon Perna and Will Keys, by the way, who is a stud as well. Lawrence, can we use all the trade backs to our – can we use all these trade backs to our advantage? Zach. I mean, if there if there seems willing to trade back, but from what I've heard, um, I don't know who reported it today. It might have been Albert Breer or someone said that uh, teams are going to jump back into the back end of the first round for quarterbacks. And my first thought was, God, it's so nice not to worry about that with the Broncos, whether they're going to trade up, who they're going to trade up for. They have their guy already. Maybe it could help them in, in the second round, though. If a team wants to move up, if a quarterback falls, they can get to 64. The Broncos can slide back and pick up some capital. I think George Payton, it's certainly an option. They only have, I think, five picks for 2023. They're going to want to stockpile that war chest a little more. 
Maybe he moves down. That's what I would have done in the mock in the roundtable yesterday, as would you, I think, Chad. It was an unfavorable way the board broke, so move down to 70, let's say, pick up an extra third or a fourth, and still get a premium guy at a position of need. Yeah, in a perfect world, that's probably that's probably the first thing that we'd have looked to have done is get on the phone and see if there's any good opportunities to trade back. Uh, but in that situation, you know, it was just make the pick. We got people watching. What are we going to do here? So we made the picks. And I think George Payton, though, based on not only his track record and resume, but things he said, you have an article on it for us, Zach, that published yesterday. I mean, he's uh, he's open. He's going to pick up the phone when it rings and he's going to listen. He's gonna, he wants to be a part of every deal. Doesn't mean he's going to make every deal, as he's said, but um, nine picks the Broncos currently have in this draft. Good opportunity to either maneuver a little bit this year, depending on how the board's falling, but also there probably will be opportunities, whether Peyton takes them or not. You got to prioritize uh, to kind of bolster next year's draft because the Broncos only have a very small handful of picks currently. Uh, you know, he says he gets j- jumpy, but he also said uh, aggressive, but not reckless. He's not going to trade up to trade up. He's not going to trade down and trade down. I think the realistic scenario is him staying at 64 and taking the BPA. But if he doesn't like that guy, he might move down a few spots. Conversely, if there's a guy he likes at around 60, he might move up a few spots and not give up too much to get that guy. He's an aggressive general manager by nature, but not impulsive. He's going to stick to his guns for better or for worse, usually better. D money saying, and our two channels constantly putting out content, which I appreciate very sweet of you, you know, and on MHH, we keep it singularly focused. It's Denver Broncos. That's it. I guess you could split that baby a little bit and saying, uh, well, NFL draft, but all of that was, is within the scope of covering your Denver Broncos, breaking it down to the nth degree. And we take a lot of joy in that. We get a lot of help. We do the live streams. And then Scott, the producer, does a lot to help keep the content flowing in between the live streams with different pod clips and presser clips and stuff like that. So appreciate that feedback. Gary Blah Blah in the house. Not to be confused with Bob Blah Blah. Bob Blah Blah. Yeah, from uh, Arrested Development. Up in Canada, another Canadian member of Broncos Country saying, what do you think of Tyler Batty? Is it Batty? Beatty? Beatty, I think running back from Mizzou and Jelani Woods, tight end Virginia. I don't know too much about um, the running back, but Jelani I like a lot. In fact, I know Eric Trickle um, just within the last couple of days published a Finding Broncos breakdown scouting report on Jelani Woods. And, Zach, I think the Broncos are going to uh, draft a tight end this, this year. We had them taking kind of a blocking specialist in our mock last night, but it wouldn't surprise me for them to go after a guy like Jelani Woods. I don't think he falls beyond the third, maybe not even the second round. He's he's a pretty standout performer as a pass catcher. But what do I think? I don't want the Broncos to use either a second or a third on running back or tight end. They can wait at both spots. Chad and I both recognize the need to address those areas, but you can do it later in the draft. You don't have to use a premium pick. I think Woods will be a good pro, but maybe the Broncos should look elsewhere before a tight end. So here's Eric's scouting report. Just a couple of things. This cat's six foot seven. He's 259, but he runs the 40 in 4.61 seconds. Think about that. Noah Fant, six foot four, 248 pounds. So he's three inches shorter, 10 pounds lighter, and runs a 4.540. This dude in 11 tenths of a second slower 
but he's a mountain of a man. Put up some solid production um, in this last season with Virginia after his transfer. Really interesting guy. And as you can see here from just his measurables, he's got elite length with a large catch radius. A lot to like about him. The question is, is he a fit in Denver? Let's just quickly, real quick, Zach, since the man threw down a super chat, let's answer it for him. Is he a fit? Here's what Trickle says. Broncos are looking for additional help at tight end, and they sit with two early fourth rounders. Jelani Woods would check the medical, athletic, and intangible boxes for the Broncos. He'd be a good addition to the room with Albert Okawebunam and Eric Tomlinson. That's the free agent they signed. He's more well-rounded than Albert O and Tomlinson who is either limited to being a receiver or a blocker, et cetera. And he says the scheme and personnel would fit Woods. So for what it's worth, it's just a matter of where do you see his value for a guy like that? Do you need that player that high? Let's say even the third round, let's say 95. Do you need a player in that spot or him in that? Spot? I don't think you do. You have plenty of beastly pass catchers. It would be nice to have if you didn't have Sutton, let's say, or didn't have Tim Patrick or didn't have Alberto, but you do. You have all three. And I get some, he's had some injury concerns as well. I get some strange Austin Safarian Jenkins vibes who tests really well, looks really good in shorts and a t-shirt, but is he going to hold up at the professional level? Is he going to utilize all of his God-given abilities to his potential? We'll wait and see, but I don't think the Broncos are going to be the team that pulls the trigger. At least I hope not. Dylan says, uh, Will Keys is great. Will is great. Will worked at MHH for, I don't know, two or three years. In fact, longtime listeners of the Huddle Up podcast will know that it's had three different host combinations. First iteration was myself and Luke Polglaze. Then it was myself and Will Keys for two or three years. We weren't doing them as live streams. That's before we started doing them as live streams. And then uh, Zach and I since spring of 2018. And by the way, Zach, we're almost to episode 900, dude. Now, shave off maybe 100 episodes from that. You and I have done about 800 episodes of these live stream pods glory to the listeners because if it's not for you guys we're probably not still doing this how did you put up with me for 800 episodes that's what i want to know live streams anyway but thank you it's it's crazy when you think about it chad we've come a long way i say this is green tea but you don't know for sure what's in this cup nor nor this jug right here (laughs) uh anyway phil with a very uh uh vociferous message here so i'm just gonna read it so it doesn't take up you know what actually it'll fit That's fine. Phil, maybe it's just me, but I see the later rounds more exciting than normal. Also, I was pleased to hear Stephen A. tell the world that the Broncos are definitely Super Bowl contenders. Just great to hear something positive from mainstream shows. Go Broncos, MHH for life. Let's ride. Yeah, dude. Um, I think part of that, Phil, is, and I'm speaking for myself here, so I'm I'm just kind of guesstimating on your behalf, but the more you become educated on the class, the more you become aware of the the different prospects, their fits, their strengths, their weaknesses. And I'm not talking just top 40 options. I'm talking throughout the draft. And you start to, from outlets like us that have great draft analysts breaking it down for four months leading up to the draft, the more you get excited about it because you know what's you know who these guys are. You know the options. You're in it. You know what's going on. And that's one of the reasons why early on with MHH, from the time it started, got trickle in and said, all right, let's make a big focus the draft because I needed that. I needed that. I I wish I had more time to put into studying the draft and the prospects each year, Zach, but it just helps, I think, stay excited when you know more about the class, 
the fits, etc. I know it's exciting for big talking heads to kind of come around on Denver, but I don't really care, good or bad, what Stephen A. Smith has to say about the Broncos. I, I could not care less. And I would actually prefer they all hate on the Broncos because I feel like it's all bulletin board material and motivation for them to prove the world wrong. I think that's the mindset Russell Wilson has, Nathaniel Hackett, and everyone else in the Broncos building. But I guess from one point of view, finally, after so long, so many years in irrelevancy, it's nice that the national media is coming around, some of, some of them anyway. Uh, guys, we're at 55 minutes, so this is the uh, last call for any burning topics. You won't hear from or see – actually, no, that's not true. We have the Wednesday night pod. We have the Wednesday night pod. So we'll see you Wednesday night. I was gonna, I was about to say you won't hear from us till the draft, but I forgot about Wednesday. Hello. Uh, Gary jumping in again uh, up in Canada. Thank you, buddy. I really like Ruckert the Ohio state tight end or Cole Turner from Nevada in the fifth fifth. I could get much more on board with tight end, but again, it just comes down to value, you know, and what you've done that preceded that already in the draft. And, you know, for example, when you look at our class last night where we took, um, Auten, you know, we had filled a couple of holes, two or three holes, four holes, maybe I'm trying to think now the order, but before we got to him, and the value was right. The value was right there for a player of his caliber. So, you know, there's so many factors and that go into play when you're really trying to study or grade a class or make a pick for that matter. Who else is on the board? You know, are we talking about like a 2020 situation where you drafted Jerry Judy at pick 15 and then you drafted a, another wide receiver in the second round? Hey, nothing against KJ Hamler, but who else was on the board? What did you did you step over a dollar to pick up a dime? Or did you step over a dollar to pick up a hundo? We, you know, things like that. There's so many different factors, which is one of the reasons, Zach, that the draft is so fun and compelling for us. I don't envy some of these GMs the decisions they have to make, though. Yeah, I'm personally pulling for Otten to play in Justin Outen's offense just for the sake of energy. <laughs> but if they want to wait till the fifth to take Turner or Rucker, that's fine. Sure. I mean, I can get on board with that much easier than I could a tight end at 64 or anywhere in the third round. So go for it. All right. Um, Zebulon joining us from uh, the uh, Zeta Reticuli Galaxy took a quick stop off here in our little corner of the Milky Way. Good to see you, Zebulon. He's got to dip off to a Dynasty League. Oh, no. I have I joined a Dynasty League, and I have my first draft coming up. Got to soak up all the info I can exactly to get the late round steals. That's, the, that's next level, dude. That's 4D. Andrew Baker saying, yes, Zach, let him hate. Let him hate indeed. Um, also, last thing here, shout out to Clayton, dedicated, loyal member of our community and listener slash viewer of all of the podcasts and a supporter on Facebook. Really appreciate you, my friend. And yes, guys like it. Share it. Smash the like button. Zach, you want to do our uh, goodbyes? I'll pull up all our shout outs. Smash it like the Broncos are going to smash Kansas City this coming season. Bet on that. But that was the Huddle Up podcast, guys. We're off tomorrow back on Wednesday. Same time, same place. 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. Until that time, follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want. Oops, sorry about that. I'll, I'll pull this up when you're done. My bad. I didn't realize it was full screen yet. A shirt like I'm wearing with our faces on it, a hat like Chad's wearing. Go to HuddleUpPod.com. That's our merch store right there. Check it out. And Facebook.com slash Mile Huddle Pod. Like that page. Follow that page. Guys, if you haven't, please go to Apple Podcasts leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every month. But if you can't do those things, 
please, guys, do these three things. Takes a few seconds. Subscribe, like, and share to this video and every video you see on the MHA's channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Guys, it's a small thing. I'm telling you, it's a small thing you can do. If you're on Facebook and YouTube, you're here already. Hit the like button. Um, actually, that's the wrong thing. Let me show you guys the uh, Super Chat rankings. So, you know, top five finishers on Super Chat in the month of April. Their names will go into a hat. Raffle will draw them out. They get a Broncos jersey of the winner's choosing. And then we're also going to include for the second, actually, no, the second ranked person. How should we do this, Zach? If the name drawn is not the number one ranked, they're going to get the Russell Wilson jersey. If the number one ranked ends up getting the first drawing, then it will be the number two ranked, and so on and so forth. Here's how it's shaking out right now, guys. Ethan, DWI, at the top. The Duchess, number two. D-Dub over in Hawaii at number three. Ron Keo hanging on easily in the top five at number four. And Tom at five. And then Bobby's still hanging on. Ain't nothing but a G thing at seven. Sam Bam's going to be climbing after tonight. This doesn't include tonight. It's up, current up until tonight's stream. Uh, Nash the fifth, the queen. Here's some of the names. So that's that's the latest update. And then shout out to these uh, great supporters on Facebook. Andrew Baker throwing down some serious, some four serious stars tonight. Love you, dude. Thank you. Uh, looking forward to uh, May the 4th, by the way. Phil McLaughlin, Andrew Lampy. Lawrence Rivera, GLP, that's Gary Leeds Palmer, Rodney Garcia. And then, of course, we got to say thank you and a shout out. Much love and respect to our great Super Chat superstars tonight, starting with Michaela the Duchess, Sam Bam, Dave, Kenny, David McIl McIlrath, McElrath, which one is it? Um, Kendrick, Mark, Gary. Much love and respect. Have a great rest of your Monday nights, guys. Take care, and as always... Go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.